Hello, and welcome to Move This World with Sarah, conversations in social-emotional learning. I recently sat down with Mayor Francis Suarez of Miami and his wife Gloria, the First Lady. We had a lot of fun. It was their first time doing a podcast together, and they appreciated actually having the opportunity to sit next to each other for longer than they had all week. We talked about partnership at home and how that allows us to be efficient and effective at work, and the intentional moments together as a family that keep us grounded amidst chaos. We talked about how he grew up watching his father as mayor, and how that, along with his mom and other members of his family, inspired a life of service, and how he's passing those values onto his children. My favorite moments were talking about the powerful women in his life who make it happen in so many ways. How women often lead with empathy and cultivate that sensitivity in others. And how being surrounded by women has made Mayor Suarez a stronger leader, father, and friend. I am so excited and honored to be here today with Mayor Suarez of Miami and his wife, the First Lady Gloria. Before we dive into our discussion, I want to give us an opportunity to center ourselves, ground ourselves. I know as parents, we probably all have had hectic mornings, taking children to school, getting ready for the workday. So let's just take a moment to identify something that we want to get rid of and something that we want to take with us as we move into this discussion and into our day. So for me... I want to get rid of fear, and I want to take with me courage. I would like to take away the hustle and bustle of Monday manic mornings and take peace. I would like to take away fatigue, (laughs) and I would like, and I would like instead to have energy. Nice. Thank you. So now I feel a little bit more connected to you both as we move into this discussion. Of all of the content and articles about you, Mayor Suarez, and your family, the one that I was most excited to read was the Forbes article about the women in your life that inspire you, and specifically how you describe Gloria as your secret weapon. Being in such a public role, especially as an elected leader, comes with endless challenges. How does Gloria keep you grounded? She does a very good job of keeping me grounded (laughs) perpetually. She's the boss of the house. She runs everything in terms of our children. She's completely involved in my schedule and tries to keep me healthy. And I think that's incredibly important because we're a partnership, we're a team. And I can't focus on what I have to do if I'm worried about something happening at home, if I'm worried about anything. And so she allows me to live a fairly worry-free life. And I think people underestimate how important that is and how valuable that is. And I think that's something that I appreciate very much because it helps me tremendously focus and be efficient and, and effective at what I do. And Gloria, you talk about showing up in the office for these moments of connection, sure, with your husband, but also helping his staff fill in the blanks and almost read between the lines. And so can you talk a little bit more about what that actually means in the day-to-day? Of course, as Francis mentioned, our schedules are quite hectic. And I feel that if I'm better aware as to what's happening or if I can forecast what's coming up or I, I understand where he is, it gives me more peace. And like, I'm an event planner by trade. I love scheduling. I'm a walking calendar. So if I understand 
what he's doing, then I can better fit our family into the mix. And obviously our priority always is our family first. So where can the kids participate? Where can we be there? And how that balance runs. And it's a daily task and a dance, if you will, of making it work. And what are the things that you do at home to stay connected as a family, knowing and maintaining such a hectic work and travel schedule? I always want to try to be there at the important moments. And to me, that's really important. I always remember my father, who was mayor as well, being there at the important moments, because those are the things that you remember as you grow older. And I always have this feeling that he was always there, even though I know he was not always there. But I, I have a sense that he was there, which meant that he must have taken the opportunity to be there when I really needed him to be there. And so I think that's really important to me. I mean, this weekend we had our Basel and it was insane, but we had also had a school fair. I went, I was lucky enough to be able to go every single day. I got to ride every single ride that my son wanted to ride with me, which were insane. Uh, and, and, and then I spent on Sunday 30 minutes in a dunk tank getting dunked, first by a nun. And so those are the kinds of things that when you reflect, you're happy that you made the time to do that and didn't let other things squeeze you out of those really important family moments. And then at home, it's my wife, every once in a while, trying to get us to sit down and have a meal together. It's those little moments in the morning. I, t- I try to take my children to school two, three times a week. My wife and I work out together. So there are things that we try to do intentionally to stay connected. And we kind of make them not changeable. If you make it changeable, trust me, someone's going to change it and take up that time with something that's important, quote unquote. Do you put it on your schedule, working out together, yes. taking yep. the kids to school? Everything is on the schedule. Everything I'm scheduled. <laughs> my entire life is scheduled. My rest is scheduled. My bathroom time is scheduled. Oh, no, relax. My, my drive time is scheduled. His drive time is scheduled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think just to kind of echo what Francis was saying, it's it has gotten to that point that we have to build in all those time frames. And I recognize that we don't have a traditional nine to five job. I recognize that often... Francis is not here at night. And so that afternoon routine, that evening routine, all that, he's going to miss. And yes, I allocate for, okay, with his team, I need him home at least two nights this week. And that's a lot because if people say, oh my gosh, only just two nights, I'm like, yes, that's what we're up against. But then peppering in the time, you know, he made those cameos at the fair this weekend. And on Sunday, I said, okay, that's it. Like we need quality time. The whole family, we're there all day. He was in the dunk tank. And our kids just absolutely adore him because he's, you know, the cool one and I'm the enforcer. So everything that they get to do with dad is so much more fun. Mom likes to say no. I like to say yes. (laughs) How do you stay focused on the big picture, on service, with all of the competing demands? A lot of it is prayer. I think my religious life, my prayer life helps center me and keep me focused on what the mission is, right? Which is to serve. I think part of the reason why I got into this profession is because I got to see my father up close and I also got to see the impact of what he did up close. In other words, I got to hear from other people, your dad did this for me, he changed my life. He you know, helped me get my first job. And by the way, that would be 10, 15, 20 years after it happened. So when you think about how profound it is to serve and to help and what kind of an impact it has. It's so much more profound than making money. It's so much more profound than professional accomplishment. So for me, those are the things that last. How do you explain what you do to your kids? Do they understand what it is that you do every day? One of them is seven and the other one is three. And I think they don't obviously understand the totality of what I do. 
And that's fine. I'm actually kind of happy about that. But my wife and I both really make it an effort to teach the values that we believe and to exemplify the values that we believe, right? In terms of him seeing me and going with me sometimes to feed the homeless, for example, or him going with me in different moments and different events when we're giving things away, when we're helping other people and understanding that I want him to see and understand why it's important to be a good person and why it's important to give back. And we're very intentional about that. That's how we show what it is that we do. Where does your passion and commitment to service come from? Would you credit it all to your father? I would credit it to my family more broadly. I do obviously give a lot of credit to my father, but you know, my mother was a partner, just like my wife is a partner. And my sisters who are younger than me, I have three sisters. They were always very service oriented, very service driven. They were involved in a variety of charities. They went on missions in Central America. So I, I think service became, and I've said this before, became kind of part of our DNA. And it wasn't really a choice. It was really more of like a lifestyle. And I think we hope to pass that same love of service to our children as a lifestyle, not a choice. And what about you, Gloria, your commitment to service? Where does that come from? The same. I, we're actually the eldest of four siblings, both he and I. And my brothers and sister, my father's a, a doctor, physician. So they did several medical missions as well, growing up in different activities and organizations through our church. We're Catholic, so my whole background as far as service goes in catechism and teaching. Before I had children and we were recently married, I dedicated time weekly to teaching young kids, first and second grade, the catechism of the Catholic Church, as well as different activities at the school and uh, organizations throughout the city. But regarding the note on service, the opportunity for us to volunteer in different things at the school this weekend, there was so much to do. And I remember mentioning it to one of my friends. I said, oh, I, you know, Andrew, our son, is going to be able to participate only for a short time in this particular activity. I wish he could have done a little bit more. And she goes to me, she goes, Gloria, do you understand that your son serves every weekend with his dad? And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, that's so true. So there were certain boys that were doing certain service hours with their dad this weekend, but ours gets to do it almost every weekend. And I thought that that was just so beautiful, <clears throat> a reminder to us that what we're doing is working and the kids are seeing it. Mayor Suarez, the, I keep going back to this Forbes article that I loved about the strong women in your life talks about your mother, obviously Gloria, who have influenced you. And the article mentions your ability to care coming from these women. How do you think these relationships have made you, yes, impactful as a mayor, but also popular? Well, there's no doubt that I'm in touch with my feminine side. That's uh, that's indisputable. <laughs> my life really is a collection of powerful and incredible women. I mean, it's really, it's really that simple. Look, I have my three sisters uh, that are incredible, but the oldest of the three is my my law partner. My, my comms director, which is referenced in that article, is a woman. My wife obviously helps deal with all the social things, our social media and our comms department as well. I sit on boards and some of the people on boards are women that sort of run the organizations. So for me, I think the fact that I've grown up with women and been around women uh, certainly helps me in a variety of different ways. I find the women that I interact with and that I have to deal with on a daily basis, they're extremely conscientious. The person who runs my scheduling is a woman. My executive sort of assistant is a woman. They're always kind of keeping an eye out on me, but they're efficient and they're very effective at what they do. But there's always a view of like, is he okay? And I think maybe men are not quite as worried about that kind of stuff. 
Empathy? Right, empathy. Yeah, and empathy. Exactly. <laughs> empathy. And I think that without a doubt rubs off on me. And in this particular moment in my life, I think it's even more so. In other words, there have been stages in your life where you have different kinds of people that you're around. I remember a stage where I, I was working with my father and I was working with my cousin, who are two of the more positive people that I've ever worked with. And I remember becoming more of a positive person as a result of working with them constantly. In this particular phase of my life, I am much more surrounded almost exclusively by women who are managing me. And without a doubt, it helps me understand people better. I think my EQ goes up as well. And that's something that's needed in in a world like ours, where, like you said, empathy and being able to feel and being able to understand what people are going through is an incredibly powerful emotion that helps you connect, which is really what being in public service is about in part. Well, there's so much data, too, to show that women in leadership, those organizations are some of the most highly effective and efficient organizations. I know my team, my leadership team is almost entirely women and right now, and we have the highest functioning team we've ever had. My husband's also one of three. He has three sisters. We have two daughters. And I watch him get manicure, pedicure done by our four-year-old. And the ability to just embrace and embrace expression is so important for all of us. Is that what I have to look forward to? My daughter's three. Getting a manicure, pedicure by your toddler? Probably. (laughs) Mayor Suarez, you were the first elected official who tested positive for COVID in March of 2020. You kept a daily video journal to share your experience. What inspired you to share your experience in those daily videos? It was a friend who was a former congressman who was working with me at the time. And he had the idea of journaling and chronicling the progression. Now, as you said, not only was I the first elected official in the country, but I was only the second person, first or second person in Dade County, in all of Dade County. This is an MSA of 2.8 million people. In essence, your mayor, it's like your mayor saying, hey, I'm going to be the guinea pig and get sick so that we can figure out how this thing is, what this thing is all about. And kudos to my wife, obviously, for having to deal with that because that was extremely complicated. And obviously everything worked out, but in the moment, you didn't know that that's the way it was going to go down. And I thought back on it and said, wow, that was really risky because (laughs) everything worked out, thankfully. And I think the fact that everything worked out gave people a tremendous amount of peace and comfort because everybody was on the other side of the ledger, worried about whether or not they could even get tested, right? And here their mayor is sick or is diagnosed positive. And everybody's like, okay, wait a second, let's let's take a pause and let's see how it works out for this guy, (laughs) you know? And the fact that it worked out fairly well, and I don't even think I got a fever at any point, I was like a 99, the highest, and that I was able to document it for the world. I mean, I I remember I I would have 40, 50,000 views, 70,000 views, 100,000 views on the videos, from all over the country and all over the world. And I remember also sometimes, this was kind of funny, if like by 10, 30, 11, I wouldn't post a video, I'd have people texting me like, hey man, are you okay? Is everything okay? You know, so (laughs) it was kind of funny. But I I worked probably harder in those 18 days when I was quarantined. I was like, oh my God, this is great. Two-week vacation, phenomenal. I don't have to do anything. And I probably worked harder in those two, three weeks than I've ever worked. I mean, it was like 10 to 15 interviews a day. And uh, I would just, I was like a college student. I would get up, you know, I had to make my bed, wash my clothes, you know, lights were going off and I didn't have bulbs. I mean, it was... That was a first. It was a bit of a disaster. That's what happens when, when the boss is not is not with you. How did keeping the video diary help you through your experience or help you process what you it, were feeling? It, it definitely allowed me to focus on external things aside from internal things. So I think it helped in a way because... I wasn't really focused on myself that much, to be honest with you. I was focused on my wife, 
in the sense that we were going through like figuring out where we were going to stay. I was focused on the interviews that I had to do, which were voluminous. I was focused on doing the diary. So I was focused on so many things that had nothing to do with myself. I really spent very little time focused on myself or on my own condition, other than taking my temperature for the diary entries. And I would get people send me food. Like I was the Truman from the Truman Show. It was just incredible, really, how the community rallied around me during that time. It made me feel very special. Do you ever have time to focus? And yeah, I mean, I work out pretty much every day. I spend time in prayer. I think prayer is important. Just like the working out helps you stay physically fit and keeps your body in shape. It helps do something similar in terms of your mind and your spirit. I try to get enough sleep in this crazy world. I'm a, kind of a nutrition freak. My nutrition's important. So yeah, I mean, I realized, I tell this to my wife all the time, I realized that if I don't take care of myself, it's really hard for me to take care of other people. If you really want to be service oriented in a weird way, you almost have to prioritize yourself because you have to make sure that you are good to go. If you're not good to go, you're going to be you know, a fraction of yourself and a fraction of yourself is not good enough. Absolutely. We talk all the time about putting on our own oxygen mask before putting it on others, that if we don't take care of ourselves, I know that I am not the best mom, wife, CEO when I'm exhausted, when I haven't exercised every day, if I don't feel healthy. So absolutely. You did the video journal. Do you have another regular journal practice? I don't know if it's a journal practice, but I have a podcast, which is called Cafecito Tech Talks. And I do multiple of them a week. They're they're really cool. We've kind of metamorphosized them to be cafecito talks just generally. So we can talk about topics that are not tech related, especially. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's a great opportunity as a mayor to let people peek in to what your daily life is like. I think there's a lot of mystique about, oh my God, who does a mayor meet with and, and all that. And I think creating a portal of transparency where people see who you're meeting with, what you're talking about, why you're doing what you're doing. It helps a lot. And I've gotten so many people to tell me they love to see them. I mean, from all over the world, people tell me they love to see their Cafecito Tech Talks. And so it's just a lot of fun. So those are more external facing sharing of your day. Do you do anything more internal that no one else sees in terms of kind of working through or processing the stress and experience of being an elected official in the public I mean, not eye. that I write down. I think the, my prayer life certainly acts that way because I do a set number of prayers and I have a certain gratitude and intention in terms of what I do. And I think about what I want to accomplish and I think about what I have accomplished. So that sort of serves that function. And sometimes I'm like my wife, I'm a practicing Catholic. So, so sometimes I'll go to reconciliation, which is a sacrament of reconciliation, which for those who are not Catholic is basically acknowledging the mistakes that you've made and asking God for forgiveness, which is important, I think, in terms of forgiving yourself for the things that you do wrong and realizing that God forgives you and then moving on. You know what I mean? And sort of putting that in the past and and moving towards the future. And I think psychologically, that's very beneficial. It helps you deal with things that maybe didn't go your way or just mistakes that you made, bad decisions, which happened to all of us, right? So, I mean, I think that's the way I do it in terms of actual writing journaling, not as much. It's just not what I do. And for both of you, being in the public eye, the mayor of Miami, the first lady, what do you hope both your children and kids in Miami see when they look up to Francis you? Francis has now been in office for 12? Yeah, 12, 12, 12 years. years. We have four more here in the city. More and more, I'm becoming active in different activities, obviously in the community and sitting on different boards and whatnot. And so our opportunities to touch 
those families and be more in tune with them and help them in any way that we can. I'm a mother, so I'm going to always go in the nurturing route and with the children initiatives. And I'm on part of different organizations and hospitals and whatnot mm -hmm. for the children. So I'm always going to gravitate in that direction. I think that's important for my kids to see as well. Francis has everything. So he goes about every part of the city. This is a great thing for our children as well, because they get to see different parts of the city and recognize that Miami is much larger than just our backyard. And there is a lot of different families and children that they can play with and see and interact with. And I'm very proud of Francis to being that you know leader. He's the leader of our family. He's the head of our house. As much as I run it, he leads it. And the kids see that. And it reflects both in his work obviously, and at home. So I'm sure the community looks at him through those eyes of almost a father of the city, and my children look at him as their own. It reminds me of a story that my grandfather used to say, that there was a couple, and they decided early on in their marriage that the husband would make all the big decisions and the wife would make all the small decisions. <laughs> and 15 years later, there still hasn't been a big decision, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. So... If I'm the CEO and she's the COO, there's no real CEO role. No, I'm just kidding. My dream, my, my real dream, my profound dream is that every child in the city can wake up and know that their mayor is fighting for them. Know that their mayor is waking up in the morning and is thinking about them and is trying to find a way to give them a better chance to be successful. I mean, I think that's, for me, the ultimate fulfillment of what I do. If I can somehow impress upon every child in my city, no matter where they're born, no matter who they are, that the person that is elected to serve them is really going above and beyond to try to make their life better. I think that would be sort of the, the full embodiment of what I do. I mean, I was blessed to be elected by 85% and reelected by 80%. And I think that's the attitude that I take, right? I want to get 100% of my residents to believe in me and believe in my vision for them because I've been blessed, I'm privileged, uh, I'm very blessed uh, to do what I do and, and to have the opportunities that I have. And I'm very conscientious of that, but I know that not every child in my city is. And so I have to find ways in a, in a fair manner to help give them better opportunities. Thank you for that, Mayor Suarez. I want to just thank you for sharing your family with us and how you're able to support one another to really function at the highest level. Let's just take a quick moment to close and ground ourselves so that we are more present for whatever is next on the schedule. So let's take a moment, close your eyes if you're comfortable, and let's take a deep breath in and exhale. And let's just identify something that we're feeling particularly grateful in this moment through a word or phrase. And whenever you're ready. I'm grateful to be next to my wife for the first time in a podcast. <laughs> this is awesome. It's kind of cliche, but it's the truth. I'm very grateful to be next to him because this is probably the longest we've been next to each other in the last week. <laughs> I'm so glad we could hold space for that. <laughs> Absolutely. This is exactly what we probably needed to start this week. So thank you for having us. And I'm grateful for you both. And I'm grateful for partnership in whatever form that takes. Like you both, I feel supremely grateful for my husband, my partner. And I just think we can't be the best versions of ourselves if we don't have support around us. Thank you. Agreed. Agreed. Thanks for listening to Move This World with me. Sarah Potler Lahane. Before you go, wherever you are right now, join me for one final breath. 
and hold in your mind a word or phrase that you are taking away from this conversation. Breathe in and out. At Move This World, we know social and emotional wellness is necessary, relevant, and impacts our everyday lives at school, in our homes, at our workplaces, and in our relationships. The tools we need to develop are critical for our happiness and success as individuals and as communities. Together, we can create a world where everyone belongs. To explore more ways to move this world, visit us at movethisworld.com or follow us on Twitter at move underscore this world. If you liked this episode, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was produced by Jessica Altunian and Seaplane Armada. I cannot wait to move this world with you.